This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and the team leader for the Parenting for Faith team. I am so glad that you have joined us today. We've got an absolute treat for you. We're going to hear from my colleague, Becky Sedgwick, as she interviews Melissa Kruger. Now, Melissa wrote a book that came out in May called His Grace is Enough. This is a theology book for toddlers, basically. Yeah, you heard me right. Um, It's a book for young children about what happens when we mess up uh, with a real focus on grace, rather than sin or forgiveness. Um, And she's just a brilliant example of someone who's taken something that's important for our kids to understand, but that we find difficult to explain and done it in a really accessible way. So we look forward to hearing from them. And then our question today is along a similar theme. Uh, It's taken from one of our Facebook Live events. And it's about what to do if you have a child who's over-focused on sin, uh, where they keep saying sorry, and that's very much where they're at and their focus, um, how to deal with that. And as usual, we will have a question to spark an interesting conversation with your child. But before we do that, I couldn't let you go without reminding you, this is your very, very last chance to book onto the Parenting as a Church Leader Day. Bookings close on the 1st of July. Now, this is for anyone with a role in church. So you might be the main leader, vicar, pastor, whatever it's called in your church, um, or their spouse. You might be a leader in training. You might be um, heavily involved in the children's youth or family ministry, uh, either in a paid position or as a volunteer. But if you're in any of those roles, uh, you are going to be, your children are going to have some things that look a little bit different for them. They might have people watching them um, and you might just be struggling and trying to figure out how to best help them to thrive. So we have a day especially for you uh, called Parenting as a Church Leader. It's next Tuesday, the 5th of July, 9.30 to 2.30. So it fits within the school run. Really great teaching from Rachel Turner based on years of research and a book she's written, um, a chance to process. Rachel will be there live to answer um, questions at the end. It's just a no-brainer. If you're in any of those positions or you know someone who is, please, please, please sign up because I know you will go away with things that are really helpful. But right now we are going to hand over to Becky as she talks to Melissa Kruger. So I'm here with Melissa Kruger and she's going to talk to us about her new book, which is coming out in May, I think, called His Grace is Enough. Hi, Melissa. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Can can you tell us a little bit about yourself and perhaps more importantly for this podcast, why you wrote the book? Hmm, That's great. That's great. Yes. Um, My name is Melissa. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, as you can probably tell from my accent. I'm not from the same side of the pond, so to speak. Um, But I live here with my husband, Mike, who is president of Reformed Theological Seminary. He's a New Testament professor, but did his studies over in the UK. And um, we have three children. I have a 21-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 15-year-old. So um, part of the reason I wrote this book was I, I almost it's been interesting. Let me back up. I've written children's books 
while I've had older children. And some of it has been kind of a response to them aging and me thinking, did I teach them the most basic of things? Yeah. And so the first book I wrote was called Wherever You Go, I Want You to Know. And it was basically, I wrote it when my daughter was 18 and getting ready to go off to university. And I I wanted to make sure I was kind of looking at my life thinking, did I tell her the most important thing that all that really matters is that she loves Jesus, you know? And so it kind of, it kind of came out of that. And then this book, I really wanted, I really believe in the power of rhyme in children's minds to stay with them. Um, Moses at the very end of his ministry taught the Israelites a song And he said, this song will return to you basically when you disobey is what he was saying to them. But he taught them a song so that they would remember um, the truths about God. And I think kids really learn by rhyme and by song. And so I wanted my kids when they're off at university, when they're 30 year old and wondering if they've made so much of a mess of their life, I wanted them to hear in their mind, his grace is enough. It's so big and so free. His grace mm-hmm. is enough for both you and for me. Like I did, I wanted that rhyme to be so written on their heart that maybe in that moment when they most need to hear it, it would come back to them. Yeah. That, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I remember a really tough period of my life and I could only remember one of the songs I'd learned at Sunday school. That contained the most the truth I needed to hear at that moment. It was so interesting. Yes. So I'm the book's not published, but I've been lucky enough to see a PDF of it, which I absolutely love. I love oh. the rhyme. I love the, um, the font and the, you know the way some words are bigger than others, and it's it's got these really lovely pictures. And one of the things is that it sticks this teaching right in the middle of the kids' every day. It's it's mm-hmm. very every day. The kids are doing the everyday things and. Um, so you've got the kids being naughty, you've got the kids <laughs> doing things in the garden, you've got the kids walking down the road. But the thing that struck me is you, you've talked about a really, really big topics. So like basically this is about sin and forgiveness and confession and stuff, but you chose to start with grace instead of sin, which I find really interesting. Why, why did you do that? Yes. Well, you know, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Because I wanted that refrain to go through starting because it doesn't matter what you've done. It's big enough. So it's like, that's the focus because one day they're going to commit a sin that they think is too big for God's grace. We all yeah. have God, or, or maybe for me, it's because I've walked with the Lord so many years. I'm thinking, surely I've used up my supply by now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, it's not so much the depth maybe of, of this deep, dark thing that's hidden, but I'm still struggling with using my tongue correctly. I'm still struggling with loving people well. Yeah. And I think I should be better by now. And so I need this reminder um, that his grace is enough, but it starts from the parent's perspective, looking at the child saying for both you and for me. And yeah. that that's really important because I think children are actually pretty aware that they've done wrong things. You know, yes, the book starts with the child hiding, which I like. Yes. But that's our yeah. automatic reaction shame, isn't it? Yes. And, 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 you know, they think things are their fault. They hear mother and daddy fighting and think it's their fault. It has nothing to do with them. Kids really take the blame for most things going wrong, you know, um, that even aren't their fault, you know. And so I think to start with this place of, hey, we both need grace. So this mm-hmm. is an even playing field. 
I've just, the only, the only thing is I've been a long, long, alive longer. So I've sinned more. That's the reality. Yeah. I'm actually the bigger needer of grace, but I think kids, I think kids really do carry around that shame and that's why they hide what they've mm-hmm. done. They, how do they know immediately to hide? No, I didn't do it. No, I didn't do yeah, it. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they just know, oh, if I confess, I'm going to get in trouble. And what I want to do is turn the script and say, no, confession is the way to freedom, not hiding. And actually, you don't use the word sin. You call it a mess again, which I like because sin carries so many. It's a heavy word, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's quite <laughs> negative. And it, I remember, you know, the word sinners and sin and they're important words. But to put them in the context of grace mm. is so strong, so powerful. Yes. Yes. And that he takes care of them. I mean, he, he really can take care of this problem that we do bear, which is called sin. And you, you see in the second half, cause it, it, we can also try to hide by doing what's good. And we, you know, we yes. get to that, but um, I love one of the illustrations. The child has this huge burden on their back. And it mm-hmm. actually reminded me of Pilgrim's progress when, you know, he has this big burden and he finally lays it across. He's trying to do everything right. You know, and you carry these burdens. And so I think kids bear both burdens. They're either hiding what they've done wrong, or they're trying to hide that they ever sent it all by doing everything perfectly. And so you've got, you know, some kids are a full out there knowing they're doing all these bad things all the time, but some kids are trying so hard to never do anything wrong. And so one thing I want to express in this book is everyone's going to make mistakes, like everyone yeah. in all of life. And so let's put him out there and say, this is, this is what's going to happen because we, we we're products of the fall, so to speak. So mm-hmm. what do we do with the sin problem? But just admitting everyone has it. So what do we do with it? And, and that, that's to try to help kids say, actually, the Bible has a solution for this. The rest yeah, of the Because when I was young, the solution was to say sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I, I was a small child being told to say sorry. And actually, sometimes in my head saying, I'm sorry, I'm being told to say sorry, because I wasn't really sorry. I hadn't gone past <laughs> that into the kind of the grace bit. I hadn't. And I, so I think this is because this book's aimed at preschoolers, isn't it? Yes. Yes, so, that's right. Um, which is, I think, really smart because you're getting it in there as kind of their foundation of, because one of the things we love talking about at Parenting Faith is um, we've got one of our tools is called Unwinding Wrong Views of God. And the mm. counter to that is building a very broad view of God. Mm. So we want children from the very early stage to, 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 you know, to, to have a big view of God. He's the creator God. He's the shepherd. He's the healer. He's the judge. He's the redeemer all those things we want to build up pictures so using language like this and this this picture of um this grace-filled merciful god is so powerful really love it so yeah. the second half of the book you were saying so we got the first half which is is the kid who's realized they've done wrong and and this lovely images of these adults and even the way they're drawn they're very compassionate and they're very it's okay. There's there's no condemnation in in mm-hmm. the even in the drawings. You know, the, it's understanding. Sit on my knee. We can talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so um, the second half. Yes. Then we turn to um, you. May try to fix it by hiding what's good. Um, you know, if only you could. Basically, is is wh- where it's going. Um, because the reality is, we may try to hide it. And so then then we have a child who's trying to do everything right mowing the yard, mm. making you know good grades in school, um, 
cleaning the whole house, you know, all of these things. And, and I have, I've parented children who generally are trying to do, I mean, my, my kids, I think have tried to be the kids who did the right thing. And I wanted them to know that that's not what gives them God's grace. You know, it, it's not, it's yeah. not because they're trying really hard that they get, get God's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's this, you, this is grace for the good, good girl too, so to speak. You know, like, I mean, there's, you know, you think, oh, I'm teaching grace to the child who keeps on making mistakes that are real mm-hmm. obvious, like coloring on the wall and all these things. But a lot of kids are living in a lot of fear of ever doing anything wrong. Yeah. And, and that's not a, it's a good thing to want to do what is right. But if everyone's going to struggle with sin, so they, they need the answer too. So, so and, but they, don't, they can't earn it, can they? That's right. That's right. And I think a lot of kids get to adulthood and they've worked so hard and what it doesn't create is the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It can create mm-hmm. judgmentalness bitterness, anger, if it's not a fruit of the spirit, like if it's not his grace, that's making me do good things, but it's my own works and my own self-righteousness, it's going to show up in some other ways. And then you explain it's through Jesus that we access this grace. Yes. So I think this is really important because you said the part about just saying you're sorry. And so Mm -hmm. the line is, so just say you're sorry. It's amazing. You see, he pays the penalty. Now we can go free. I think it's really important. Kids understand. Yes, you do say you're sorry, but there's a reason behind what's making that sorry. Okay. Someone did pay for your Mm -hmm. son. And, and I think, um, they need to understand it's not like sorry are the magic words. Sorry works because grace has been given in Christ. You know, it, it honestly, without the blood of Christ, our sorry wouldn't matter. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it has to be rooted in something. Someone has to pay for this sin. And, and you want kids to start learning that early. Um, what it mean? what Jesus did for me is an exchange. Um, yeah. it's, it's not just, he's a cute, cuddly baby in the manger. And then we see him on the cross and that's a little confusing what's happening. I want them to understand he was paying a debt and it was my debt. He was paying there and your debt. Yeah. Like, and so for them to actually understand what happened on the cross was this divine exchange. And I think that's hard for them to get, you know, you can spend all these years in church and you're like, you, you never really understand what was happening in these moments. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm not sure I quite get it. Um, <laughs> but it's just so true. And I think, I think it's lovely. I think you're laying down almost what I call spiritual DNA kind of for kids. It's such a, an early level, an early age, and they've got language and they've got concepts. And, of course, we build on those because I was going to ask, this book's for three to six-year-olds. So how would you, because I'm sitting here listening to things, oh, so what if a kid say, well, what's grace? What would you say to them? Mm. It, it would obviously depend on the age. 
Um, but, but to a young child, I would, I would say, well, mercy is being released of what you deserve, meaning like punishment, you know, in some sense, but that grace is actually getting good things when you deserve bad things. That's a simple way I'd say it. Like, um, when you, you know, when you've done something wrong, actually being given something good, when you, when you deserve something bad, just for the, you know, for them to, to see it. And it, you know. Yeah, because yeah, you know, the words that they can <laughs> undeserved favor is a little hard for them <laughs> to, to probably to probably get at, at a young age. But then it would grow into that. Um, and actually, my husband used the term demerited favor, which I really like. It's not just that it's undeserved. It's demerit. You actually earned punishment yeah. and now you're being given favor. Yeah, you know, rather than that. And I do think kids really learn by examples and and they can start to see, oh, so it's like you deserved, you know, sit in time out. And instead you were given, you know, a bowl of ice cream or something. Yeah, you know, like they Yeah, they, that would be that would that would be a really helpful practical <laughs> example, wouldn't it? They wouldn't forget that one. Yeah. And and in some sense, that's you know, we're told we were enemies of God. And now we're made sons and daughters. Yeah. So we were, we, we were, we, we, we had earned to be at war with God is what we were essentially. We're enemies of God. And now we're invited to sit at his table and feast with the king, so to speak. And so it's a, it's a wonderful picture in a simple term. The kids would understand ice cream better than they might understand a feast, but um, it's a wonderful way we can teach them. No, grace is totally a gift. You didn't do anything to earn it. It's totally a gift. In fact, what you earned was something bad and what you got was something good. Yeah. And how powerful for a child to know that, even if they don't fully understand it, to yes. know that a bad thing isn't the end or it isn't a black mark that yes. defines them. Maybe. Yes, that's right. So how do you suggest parents or carers use the book? Yes. Um, well, one thing about both these books, I wanted to write Christian books that would be fun to read. So I'm a big believer that when we teach our children spiritual truths, I want there to be a lot of warmth and yeah. a lot of joy. And so I hope that this will teach the parents as it's teaching the children, <laughs> so to speak, like, um, hey, I need to remember, I need grace too. We can get really frustrated with our children and think, how have they not learned? I have told them to put their shoes by the door 20 <laughs> times. How can they not have learned this by now? But then, you know, I, I was really struck one time when I was reading the parable of the unmerciful servant. You know, this one servant has been forgiven this million dollar debt. And then he has another servant who owes him something and he finds him and he says, you must pay me back now. Yeah. And he, he's been forgiven this million dollar debt. Mm-hmm. And he looks at this other servant and says, you must pay me. And they say he owed like $5 or something like that. Yes. Yeah, some small amount. And he gives him no mercy. And, and God paints this as this horrible picture of someone who's been given this great mercy and he is unwilling to be merciful. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes as parents, we can be like the unmerciful servant to our children. You know, even though we're still struggling with sin, we've been forgiven this big debt. We expect our children to have learned obedience in ways that maybe we aren't even obeying yet. And so we come to them and say, how can you not have learned this? 
Whereas if we really understood the grace that had been given to us, we would be more patient in dealing with our child's need of the same grace. And so I'm hoping that this book is going into the parent's heart, yeah. even as they're reading it to their child, that when they say for both you and me, that they're really taking that in because that changes everything about how we parent. Because if I view myself as a fellow sinner in need of grace, my invitation to my child is going to be so different rather than frustration and impatience. Mm -hmm. It's one of love and kindness and gentleness, because I remember what I need too. And I would just want to invite them to Jesus rather than just get a moralistic child out of. And, and when we do mess up, there's so much power in saying to your kid, I've yes. messed up apart yes. from the story, but you can, you can show them what grace is doing for you. Yes and how you yeah. access it and stuff like that. That's, um, they learn so, and also they learn that Christianity's up and down and we're never going to be perfect. Yes. It's a journey and for life. To see a parent say, I'm sorry, it is such a powerful learning tool because they understand they one day will have to apologize to their children. Yeah. <laughs> it goes both ways. Yeah. I mean, so it's teaching them and they'll have to apologize to their spouse and they'll have to apologize to their friends. And it's just teaching them. This is what life in a fallen world looks like. God has even planned a way to deal with when we don't love each other. Well, here's what you do. Yeah. It's the, here's what you do is so powerful. So there's a kid, he's six years old. He's done something. He's hiding in shame, but now he knows that there's a, there's a way out of this. Yes. that's bigger than him. Yes. And I think that's, yeah. that's brilliant. We're nearly out of time. I've just got one more question. Have you got any other books in the pipeline? <laughs> that's a good question. Actually, I actually have a book that's coming out tomorrow um, that is called Five Things to Pray for Your Spouse. My husband and I wrote it together. So this is for adults. Um, I have a book. Um, it's, it's with the Good Book Company as well called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids that came out a while ago and part of their series. And so that one helps you pray scriptures for your children. <laughs> this one helps you pray scriptures for your spouse. So that is that is coming out. But on the, the children's book front, this is, this is coming out in May. And, and that's what what's coming out next see what God's going to do next yes yes so. brilliant it's been lovely speaking to you I'm, so nice. I'm, I'm going to pre-order my copy now <laughs> thanks for having me thank you bye-bye So following on from that wisdom and that chat about grace and sin and forgiveness we had a question asked on one of our Facebook Live events about sin. What do you do when a child is overly focused on sin and keeps saying sorry, keeps asking questions about it? So I'm going to hand over to Rachel Turner, the founder of Parenting for Faith, to answer that one. What do you do if your child is overly worried about sin and feels the need to repeatedly say sorry to God? Um, often if you have a kid who's overly worried about sin and repeatedly needs to say sorry, I'd suggest there's something in there about feeling um, afraid of God in a way that's unhelpful. So sometimes what happens is, is there's a root in there somewhere that's helpful to dig out. So if they are repeatedly really worried about sin and saying sorry, it's because they're afraid that if they don't say sorry enough, something bad's going to happen. And so to begin to unwind that can be really helpful to say, you know, I notice you say sorry to God a lot. Tell me, 
Tell me about that. What does that, what does, what would happen if you didn't say sorry to God today? And ask what would happen if, tell me more about that. And you can begin to understand if it's because they're really going through a stage of just understanding about death and they get really nervous about dying. And so their fear more is about dying than it is about anything else. Or it could be that they see God as, as someone who's just constantly upset with them. It could be that they've never been coached in how to access forgiveness and how to embrace that, how to go to God, talk about it, feel that forgiveness, know the love, to ask God's love and to feel that that has been restored. It may be that in your relationship with your kid that there's a sort of ongoing punishment that happens when they sin. It takes a while for you to get over it. And so they feel like you have to keep saying sorry until it's happy again. And so you can say, you know what, I'm not good at this. God's much better at this. And so when we do it, he separates it and his face is there with me. And I still have to learn how to do that. So it really is, it's about digging about it. So it's probably not about sin. It's probably about that reconciliation process. And as usual, we have a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. It's this. What does the word grace mean to you? Now, I know, I know, before we say there's going to be some smart Alex who go in for the prayer before a meal or the name of a friend, a girl they know called Grace. But persevere, dig down a little bit more and ask really what that means and what it looks like and be ready to share what it means to you as well. Have a great conversation. We'll be back with another episode next week. Bye bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.